your eyes to the skies. It's time for Space Out on 95 PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Earth to Josh. Josh from the Stardome, are you there? Hello, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, how, how are things at the Stardome? What's happening? Um, oh, waiting for these rockets to launch so we can finally talk more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything's good here. And moon missions, you just, everyone sitting around twiddling their thumbs at the start. I'm going, yeah. oh my God, NASA, what's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, personally, I'm getting a bit frustrated, but yeah. yeah it's actually way. not, it seems like it's, I mean, the last thing you want to do is launch a rocket into space with a hydrogen leak. Um, yeah. oh, but exactly. it seems, yeah, it seems like there's quite a bit of work to do on Artemis to figure out what is going wrong. Uh, what can you tell yeah. us about Artemis? Um, yeah, I mean, so they've, they're basically, they've, you know, they rolled the rocket out to the launch pad. They got ready twice. They were going to launch. Um, the first time, the engines weren't cooling down properly, so they scrubbed it, which isn't, you know, it's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the second attempt, they powered it up again and have noticed the hydrogen leak, which is what actually fuels the rocket. Um, so, yeah, they had to pull that countdown. And, you know, NASA today, I think it was yourself today, they've now said that they've got to fix this, and this is probably going to add a month the wait um so i think a lot of people are a little bit frustrated and mm. yeah they just want to see this rocket get off the ground which is i think it's quite frustrating um also for nasa too just a bit of a pr thing so mm. it looks like we'll be waiting still another month until it gets off the ground how much is the artemis mission worth this first rocket i mean i think over the you know, this has been like 15 years in the making. I think the the cost of this rocket is somewhere near 140, 150 billion dollars, um, which is a lot of money. 150 billion dollars. The last thing you billion. want is it to blow up on the way into space. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. You know, obviously we want it to get off the ground, but you know, it's better to have a, a safe rocket than mm. prematurely launching it and having it, you know, explode on the launch pad or something. Um, and that, that would be obviously a disaster for NASA, but. Um, yeah, it's just been something that we've been waiting for so long, and I think NASA is probably just as frustrated as you know the public. Mm. Half a million people went down to Space Coast um, wow. to actually see the launch, so you know they've also just <laughs> had to go home. So it's just mm. quite frustrating. Crazy. Now, uh, is the rocket itself reusable? No, and that's the other kind of thing about this rocket is. You know, we've got SpaceX where they can launch and land rockets, you know, 10, 15 times and reuse them. But this one rocket, it's not reusable. It basically just falls into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the pieces, but they don't reuse them. So there's there's nothing reusable about the spacecraft apart from the actual capsule, which is the Orion spacecraft. Um, but the entire rocket is, is extremely expensive and um, not reusable. So, I, you know, I, again, because it was started 15-ish years ago, you know, that technology didn't exist then, but, yeah, I'd like to think that in the future um, they rely more on the private sector than, you know, building these really expensive and unreasonable rockets. But the Artemis, this particular rocket, will be able to get a, the, like the biggest payload into space possible out of anything currently? In... Yeah, so even though it's not reasonable, it does, it's very powerful. So it's got a massive capacity. It can lift something like... 27 tons into space which is just ridiculous that's a mm. huge amount of cargo um and there's, there's no other rocket flying that can actually carry these payloads so i wouldn't say that it's you know a useless rocket it is very useful 
Um, but yeah, I think for what it is, it's extremely expensive. And I think in the future, you know, we're going to see those basic rocket rockets like the Starship one. I think that's probably going to um, take over the job of the SLS rocket. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just it's not really viable long term. But this particular rocket is launching stuff up to the moon, right? And then the next load of things on the next SLS rocket would be people going to the moon? Yeah, so this this test mission, this will be taking the spacecraft that will take people around the moon. So that'll be testing out all the technologies. Um, the next mission following that will actually have people on board. And then the following one will be taking astronauts who eventually will land on the surface with a different system. Um, so there's a whole bunch of components that go into the one mission. But this is kind of the one spacecraft that they have for this particular human spacecraft, um, which is really important because it's actually designed for deep space. Um, a lot of the, the rockets that take people to space to the space station, they're not actually designed for deep space travel. Mm. Um, but this one spacecraft is, and it can really only fly on this one rocket. Where's the line? Where does space become deep space? Um, oh, it's a bit of a nebulous answer. I think you can kind of define it as anything beyond low Earth orbit. Mm. Um, so, so your satellite's going around us pretty close to the Earth. Um, but once you leave uh, what we call the Van Allen belt, which are these big belts of radiation, you're kind of exposed, you're not really protected by the Earth's magnetic field. Um, you could probably consider that as deep space because astronauts pass them get a lot of radiation. Um, so it's a lot more dangerous. It's just a lot different than just going to the space station. Um, and, they, yeah, they had to design everything with that in mind. Okay. Um, now, okay, on to the next topic this evening, UFOs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you ever had a close encounter or know someone who has? Um, I, I've not, I wouldn't say close encounter, but I've, I've seen things that I didn't understand at the time, like that, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I've like pulled over on the side of the road before being like, what the hell is that in the sky? Um, and I, cause I'm an astrophotographer, so I've actually photographed things before not knowing what they were. Um, and I remember one time, it was, I think 2018, I was driving home from up north in Auckland and I saw this bright, like glowing light in the sky that looked like, I couldn't even describe it. Um, but I had no idea what it was, and I, I pulled over, and I had my camera with me, so I took photos of it, um, and it baffled me for about a day. I just literally did not know what this glowing object was. It looked like um, like a light just emanating from the sky, not from the ground. Um, but I ended up finding out that it was actually uh, a rocket stage that was firing its engines to take something towards the sun, mm-hmm. an after spacecraft. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it had a kind of less than extraordinary explanation. Um, I've not personally had any, like close encounters but I've had a few friends tell me some stories um, often involving you know lights above always the ocean for some reason Mm -hmm. Um, it's often I've had two stories I remember which friends told me where they'd woken in the middle of the night it was always in the middle of the night Um, they've noticed like lights out across the ocean if they were near a beach and they've kind of watched these lights hover for you know 10 seconds up to a minute and then suddenly the light would just zip up towards you know the sky and it should disappear um, really similar stories, and I think that's kind of a common story that I've heard from a few people, but mm. I've personally not seen those things before. So what you're saying is the spacecraft is potentially coming out of the ocean, or there is a civilization it, yeah. on the bottom of the, the seafloor that we don't know, maybe a technologically advanced civilization? <laughs> I'd love to say that. I don't think they were coming from the ocean, though. I think they were just hovering above the sea mm. for some reason. Yeah. Um, and again, oh, this is not, I didn't see this. And then darting off into the sky, but yeah, I, I mean, have you? Have you had friends or yourself, anything like this before? 
Actually, no. I've seen some strange things in the sky with like <clears throat> lights moving in strange directions. Um, mm. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, tra traveling in strange, zigzaggy, unexplainable directions, but nothing, you know, close or nearby. Mm, yeah. I, I know because during the, I think it's the Chinese New Year, we get a lot of like UFO reports at the start of, they end up just being Chinese lanterns mm. that people like. Because mm -hmm. they, you know, they often outshine the stars and they move in erratic directions. And they're so high that you can't actually tell what they are. Yes. Um, so that, I mean, that's really common for us. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, the Starlink satellites. Like people often see those and it's like, you know, what the hell is that? Um, but they, yeah, you find them more often than not, they do actually have an explanation, which is probably not as exciting as mm. they might think. Do you have a favourite documentary about space and or Close Encounters? Uh, what was that film? I think it was Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind or the Fourth Kind? Fifth third Kind. Third no, Kind? The third Kind, one of those kinds. The real, um, the old one from that, like 70s, 80s? No, there was a new one that was made, I think it was in the 2010s, mm. and it was filmed in like a... I remember when I watched this when I was in high school and it was filmed in like a documentary style. It was made to look like it was a real documentary. Mm. And I remember watching it and I was so terrified because I thought it was real. I didn't realize it was a film. Um, I loved that film and I rewatched it recently and it was, it's actually a really good film. Okay. Um, but I, actually, in terms of like real things, a lot of those videos, I know we talked about this a few months ago, those um, the UAP videos from the uh, Pentagon, they released all of their videos that they have and, you know, couldn't really explain any of them. They're really interesting, I think. I've, I've, I've looked at all those. They're quite fascinating just to actually watch. Mm -hmm. um, I have no explanation for them, but, yeah, they're fascinating, at least. Does the Stardome keep across that sort of stuff as it comes out, as it becomes public and you're sort of tracking these stories? Are there people with an interest in it at the Stardome? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, personally, I have to kind of be versed in these things because we get asked questions or we get people telling us stories um, or, you know, oh, I saw this UFO and this and that. So we have to kind of somewhat have an answer. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, yeah, I think what you find with a lot of things is often all of these reports, uh, there's no, you know, video or photo to go with it. It's just a personal account that someone's mm -hmm. had. Um, and, you know, personal recollections of events are, you know, horrendously unreliable often. Um, and often you find people describing something which sounds, you know, crazy, mm. um, but then you find out what it is and it's actually like, you know, the space station or a satellite and it's yes. not actually as crazy as it sounds. Okay. Um, or even like a contrail, you know, the contrail sometimes from a plane, um, you see them at sun or sunset and they're lit up and people think it's like a comet or, a, mm. you know, a, a meteor that's exploded over the sky, but they, they often just have really boring explanations, unfortunately. Mm. Damn it. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> hey, uh, Josh, what's happening at the Stardome in the next couple of weeks? Um, well, we are, we're actually, speaking of alien sci-fi, um, we're about oh, to release, yes. we've got our sci-fi movies uh, starting up again for the year, so we're, just, we're about to release the whole list. Um, two goodies on there, actually, some of my favourite films, uh, off the top of my head, we've got Encounters of the Third Kind or Fifth Kind. We've got that one. Um, we've got Moon, Sunshine, Ad Astra, Arrival. We've got a whole bunch of really cool sci-fis. Um, so, yeah, they'll be going up on our website probably by the end of the week. And, um, yeah, people can book in for those uh, for the rest of the year. Excellent. All right, Josh, uh, from the Stardom, thank you very much. And uh, we'll speak with you in a fortnight's time. All right. We'll speak to you then. Thank you, Ted. Control, we are docked. 
that was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.